Yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Bonnie in the house. Welcome. This is part one of our very, very special fifth annual live predictions crystal ball special. We're predicting what's going to happen in the worlds of business and business strategy, technology, industries, anything and almost everything for 2020. So let me give you my opening monologue and then I'll tell you who my first guests are. We're going to have three guests per segment, really short, really fast. We call this, you can tell from the speed I'm talking, predictions on steroids. So let me start and then I'll introduce my three guests and we'll see what they have to say for 2020. So here's the buzz. The future is not what it used to be. That's kind of tongue in cheek. It actually goes back to a quote from 1937. Yes, from Laura Riding and Robert Graves. So what are we talking about? If you're hoping to gaze into a crystal ball to see what 2020 holds for your company, your industry, the world, your culture, your society, your community, even your job, We've got the next best thing. Today we're live. It's December 4th, 2019. Where has the year gone? And for the next two weeks, December 11 and 18, and then starting the year off on January 8th and 15th, we're bringing you predictions from 60. That's six zero. That's right. Thought leaders covering the exciting technology, strategies, and trends that can help you and your business grow and compete better in 2020 and beyond. So I invite our listeners all over the world to pour a cup of Joe or Earl, or if you have an early bottle of Dom you're willing to open and join us for a technology revolution, the future of now 2020 crystal ball predictions, part one live. So let me introduce my first three guests on this first segment. First up, you'll be hearing in a moment from Perry Van Beek. He's a pioneer in social selling with LinkedIn. He founded social.one and has been assisting companies all over the world with LinkedIn lead generation, marketing, and social selling for 10 years since 2009. He's the author of LinkedIn Sales Navigator for Dummies. Joining him on this segment is Sam Parikh, Managing Director of the SAP Practice of Deloitte Consulting. Sam is a seasoned leader in Deloitte's tech practice. He brings a strong business and finance background with more than 20 years of experience driving large-scale finance transformations enabled by SAP. And rounding out this part of the show, Keith Grayson is a Senior Director of Database and Data Management Solution Management at SAP. He's been with SAP for 12 years, joining initially as a specialist in identity management, so important, single sign-on and cybersecurity. He previously worked for large companies including Atos, HP, CyberGuard, and Siemens. Welcome, gentlemen. Perry Van Beek, you were in the honored position of launching the first one of our five prediction specials. So, Perry, take three and a half minutes and tell us what do you see coming up the road, down the pike, whatever you want a direction in 2020. Go ahead, Perry. That's great. Well, thank you again for having me on the show, Bonnie. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, all the way you know, across from the Netherlands, uh, bringing you my predictions. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, my, my specialty is, is LinkedIn, LinkedIn Social Selling Sales Navigator. So I'll focus a little bit on that part as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the, the, I've got three predictions for the next year. The first one is, uh, is what I've been noticing that past couple of months is LinkedIn really, really focusing on, 
on their company pages, which they now call LinkedIn pages rather than company pages. They call it LinkedIn pages. Mm. I, see, I see a lot of new development there. And I think that the next year is going to see a major shift towards companies really embracing the, 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 the company page that they have. Whereas now it's, it's, it was sort of a, like a, you know, it's something that's nice to have, where next year it's going to be something that people are going to be, need to have. Um, you see a lot of folks like LinkedIn has introduced like new features like, like employee notifications, uh, celebrating team moments, uh, inviting your, your connections. You know, if you're a page admin, you can invite your connections. And, you know, it makes sense that LinkedIn has made this move because, well, first of all, it was long overdue. Um, and second of all, um, the more companies are embracing their, their, their company pages, the more uh, they will start to use it for advertising purposes. So it's, it's a, it's a, it'll bring in more, more money for, for LinkedIn as well. So it's, it makes a lot of sense, and, and really it's long overdue. Now, that's my first prediction. Now, the second prediction is what I've been noticing a lot is, you know, LinkedIn has been evolving a lot uh, in, in, the, in the recent years. Um, a number of years ago, you know, LinkedIn used to be for, well, people called it a recruitment platform, and it really it, it was, you know. If you use it for sales, it worked, but it was, it was still peculiar. Whereas the past couple of years, it's been really developing for sales, and LinkedIn has been really focusing on developing it as a content platform. Now, there's a lot of content on LinkedIn. Some may even say it's too much content on LinkedIn, but, you know, the content that's doing extremely well are not the, the, the pieces of content that we're sharing, you know, about, about white papers or, or, or case studies or something like that. Mm-hmm. The content that's doing really well are stories, stories about people, mm. actual people. So, and, you know, not the Facebook posts, you know, not, not, not showing yourself having your third margarita on the beach somewhere just relaxing. <laughs> you know, that's, not, that's not really going to work on LinkedIn. Um, and although people do it sometimes, you know, but uh, it's not really, in fact, it's going to do you a lot of good. In your, in, your, in your professional life, I think. Well, on the other hand, what you do see is if somebody, you know, has written a book and he's got his first book and he, and he, and he posts a story about that, you know, the emotion that he, that he has with, with holding that first book, that's amazing. Or, or somebody, I saw it just the other week, somebody had an experience, he, you know, he'd always been dreading his whole life to go up on a stage and finally, he overcome the cur- overcame the courage, and he jumped up on that stage, and he spoke for 20 minutes to more than 500 entrepreneurs, and he said it was the best experience of his life, you know? But that's a professional story, and they're mm-hmm. doing extremely, extremely well, and I see a lot of that coming for the next year, so, which is nice, because, you know, there'll be more emotion on LinkedIn, professional emotion, but there'll be more emotion, and that's what, sure. you know, that's what drives, that's what people love. So, the third one, um, and not surprisingly, you know, you you said uh, predictions on steroids. Why, well, let's, ha- let's talk about LinkedIn on steroids because LinkedIn on steroids, basically that's sales navigator. And what you're mm-hmm. seeing more and more now, a lot of companies are now uh, making the fast move towards adopting LinkedIn sales navigator. And, you know, what surprised me is that it's not just for sales anymore. Um, I was, I was in, in Geneva a couple of weeks ago um, for an assignment to train uh, a segment of the United Nations as they just adopted sales navigator. I was like, wait. And a lot of people were asking me, why, why does the United Nations need sales navigator? Well, I said, you know, it makes sense. You know, they too need access to, to the, the most important influences in, the, in their industries. So it makes a lot of sense. And they get access quicker, faster, um, with more results and more, more efficiency. So, so those are my three predictions for the next, next year. I have Thank one you. more. 
prediction. Perry, so Perry, next- let, Perry, let's wait because I got to yep. get Sam and Keith in because we're running real tight here. So let's wait for your other one. When I ask you for your drink, you can do your fourth prediction. So hang tight. Those were great. I, I love what you said about LinkedIn, the human side and the storytelling. That's great news. Sam Parikh at Deloitte and a quick shout out to Carla Neal Slavin and Helen Thomas at Deloitte, your colleagues. Sam, I'm ready for your three predictions. Hit it. Excellent, Bonnie. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. Um, interestingly, Terry, I'm the biggest user of the LinkedIn platform. Love it. And I published my first book last year uh, in 2019. And LinkedIn was the platform I used to promote the book. So thanks for everything you guys do at LinkedIn. <laughs> so, Bonnie, coming to the business world, uh, my world of finance, my three predictions. I think number one, this is something I've been talking about again and again the artificial intelligence used of both the structured and unstructured data in the analytics. I think I've seen a growing trend and I think that will continue to grow. More and more companies are now embracing the likes of uh, data marts, data warehouses, data hubs, whatever you call them. But, But they are trying to combine the structured information with the unstructured information coming from the platforms like LinkedIn, like the like other social websites, and trying to see if there is a business inside that we can gain out of it. So I think that trend will continue, that will continue to go on. Mm-hmm. With this data and with the growing technology, I think the second prediction is around the process automation using robots or bots. I think I've seen the rise in companies wanting to use and wanting to automate the processes. I think that will just continue to go on, and I think it will it will grow even faster in 2020 as there is a need to move faster and faster. And leading to the first to the third prediction that I have and what I've seen is companies' tendency towards process standardization. Mm-hmm. More and more large, very large multinational global companies are now really looking at the diversity of processes that they have in their organization and really asking the question is like, can we not standardize? Um, And that is going to lead to the use of um, cloud-based services like multi-tenant clouds. I mean, that that will grow. So that's my prediction number three, process standardization combined with the bigger and better use of cloud services. Thank you, Sam. Always right to the point. We appreciate your expertise. Keith, Gra- Keith Grayson, you're up next. Three minutes. What do you have to predict? Hi, Bonnie. Thanks. So, actually, Sam's points were really good. Um, and there's a bit of convergence between what he's talking about and what I deal with because process excellence and, and how these things impact people, that's really been my area for the last few years. So, um, I think this is a really exciting area to be in, actually. And what Sam talked about in terms of bots and things like process standardization, I I think that there is a a huge convergence now of four completely game-changing topics for business processes and, and how people interact with their organizations. And I think those four things are process mining, um, a combination of artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, robotic process automation, and customer experience. And if you combine all of those things together, I think that you get a completely game-changing platform for automation because in one area, you get 
a view of exactly how the business process is working. You get a view of also of how you interact better with people and how you interact better with the logistics. Mm-hmm. You automate what you can to make it more efficient. And then when you add customer experience into it, you go from just looking at the efficiency of the process to also looking at how people like to use it. And that's what people miss out. They, they get that processes should be more efficient, mm-hmm. but they don't get um, how people enjoy to use them or not. So uh, I'll just give a, a quick example of this yesterday, mm-hmm. that, that happened to me yesterday because I was trying to contact my mobile service provider. I was actually trying to get a, a monthly contract for my wife. And um, I called up a long wait. And then I went to the website and it introduced me to the chatbot. Now, there was almost no, ti- no wait time for the chatbot to respond to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you then look at how this will evolve in maybe five years, you'd like to think that the chatbot could actually give me all the information I want, actually more helpful than most customer service advisors. You They'll bet. communicate <laughs> me in the, with me in the style that I want, right? And, mm-hmm. and it'll be a positive differentiating point for a lot of people. You know, actually being, being served by a chatbot will maybe become better than being yes. served by a person. Um, and, and that's really interesting. So, and people will dominate in the back office roles. The challenge in, yesterday, right, and this is why it's a prediction, was actually the person on the phone answered me quicker than the chatbot could get a person to answer me on the chatbot because the chatbot ran out of answers. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there was nobody actually answering through the chat window before the person called me back. <laughs> Keith, the world we live in. We just have time for a quick thank you, Keith. Wonderful. Perry, one word. What's your favorite holiday beverage? We really got to run. Perry, what are you drinking this holiday? Real fast. Well, it's kind of, you know, finishing up this decade, we gotta have go we gotta go out with a bang with with a bottle of champagne. That's it. I it's agree. Champagne. Sam Parikh, what do you be drinking over the holiday? A great single malt. That would be my favorite beverage. Sounds delicious and refreshing. Keith Grayson, what's gonna be in your cup for the holidays? <laughs> well, I hope that I'm getting off the lemsits that are currently keeping me alive from my cold. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Perry Van Beek, Sam Perique, Keith Grayson. Happy holidays. We're going to say goodbye to the three of you. I'm going to take a quick break, and during the break, I'm going to introduce a brand-new sponsor of our show while my wonderful engineer, Aaron, is getting our next three guests on the line. So thank you, guys. We'll talk to you in the new year. So here we go. Everybody, it's time for the holidays. You know it. It's December 4th. Well, my favorite part of the holiday is reconnecting with family. I love swapping stories and reliving shared moments together. We're learning what they've been doing during the year, and they learn what I have. But it's hard to keep these memories alive. Come on, you're busy, and these are fleeting moments sometimes. That's why I'm giving my family the most meaningful gift this year. Get this, story worth. If you haven't heard from it, heard about it, it's story, S-T-O-R-Y, with a capital W Worth, one word. They're our newest sponsor. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the stories of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. And here's what I love. It helps you bond with your family. It bridges geographic distance. Come on, families are living all over the world. 
and it's all done online, so it's easy. It helps you preserve memories. You can pass these family treasures on to your children, their current and future families, and you can have an unlimited number of people receive the stories. You can also discover your family history. There may be things about Uncle Benny you didn't know that he really wants to share that are okay to share. Learn about your relatives, especially things that they haven't told you before. StoryWorth sends weekly questions that elicit entertaining, surprising, and very often very moving and emotional responses. And get this, the best part of all, after one year, StoryWorth packages all of the stories your loved ones sent and their uploaded pictures, and they bind it into a beautiful keepsake book. That's right, a real book you can hold and touch, and shipping is free. I read a sample book on StoryWorth's website. I learned so much about this man and his family I'd never met. I felt I could have sat down with them and be friends with them at a dinner table. So here is what I have to tell you. Preserve and pass on memories with StoryWorth, the most meaningful gift for your family at the holidays or any time of the year. Sign up today. StoryWorth, that's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H. Let me do that again. S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash revolution. That's the code for this show. And guess what? You'll get $20 off your first purchase. StoryWorth dot com slash revolution for $20 off. Your family will love you for this gift. Okay, we're ready. Let's Let's see. Uh, okay. I think we're ready to go with our Aaron. Who do we have for our next segment? You want to tell me who's on? Do we have Ellen? Everyone but Ellen. Okay. We're going to go with Richard and Frank then. So let me introduce Richard Mooney is the lead product manager for augmented analytics and SAP analytics cloud. He has spent 15, I'm sorry, I gave you more years than you needed. Richard spent the last five years building products that democratize machine learning and predictive analytics for business users. And he's now part of a team rethinking analytics for the age of AI. Woo. And Frank Diana, who's on many times during the year, is a recognized futurist, thought leader, and respected frequent key note speaker. He's at TCS as a thought leader and advisor in the context of business, societal and economic evolution. He blends a futurist perspective with a pragmatic, actionable approach, leveraging, I love this, Frank, horizon scanning and storytelling to see possible futures. And we have Ellen. Let me introduce Ellen. She'll go third of the segment. Ellen Sasson is a 23-year veteran of enterprise software and the automotive industry. She's lived in Detroit most of her professional life, five years in Manhattan. Woohoo! She enjoys the merger of Silicon Valley Creative Cultures with Detroit Stuttgart-based automotive manufacturing excellence. So, Richard Mooney, I'm ready for your three predictions. Predictions on steroids. Go ahead, Richard. Perfect, Bobby. It, it felt like 15 years. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I think personally, it, 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 in, in terms of in terms of maybe one major prediction that will cover a lot of areas, I think like that what's really turning out to be interesting at the moment is that there's shaping up to be like massive continued competition and at the same time cooperation in in the full stack data space and what i mean by that effectively is that in in recent years we've seen a proliferation of various different type of um data analytics and machine learning and predictive platforms that have almost been standalone pieces of innovation and what we're, we're starting to really see now is a huge amount of both competition and cooperation between companies like SAP, who we work for, obviously, but also Amazon with AWS and Azure. And if, if we think about that from in terms of like the way where we sit at the moment, um, SAP Analytics Cloud currently runs on top of AWS. It possibly will run on it, its roadmap to run on Azure in future. But they have competing technologies the whole way up the stack at the database level, at a, at a 
analytics level and at a machine learning level. And I, I personally think that this is going to massively increase. And mm-hmm. effectively, what a lot of the driver for that will be um, is, and some of the type of things that will happen as a result of it is, firstly, type of more complex processing is going to push that back towards the, the database. And the biggest reason for that is that companies are, are going to really struggle to move data around from various system to system, keep it up to date, and actually be able to you really drive insight from it in real time. And the overall security burden that they have of maintaining those various different environments, maintaining different mm-hmm. security rights in each, and adapting to things like GDPR, adapting to the new type of problems around like data controllers that, that companies have, is, is just going to push them towards having single platforms. And ultimately what that means is that you know, th- that at a certain point, the combination of data quality, um, having the actual data being, being used on a regular basis, and the, and the data itself is ultimately what creates value for these businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we're seeing is a move away from the kind of best-of-breed type of single platforms everywhere towards, towards more of a full stack but with absolutely intense and fierce competition between the people who are maintaining and making up the components of that stack. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Appreciate your insights, Richard. We'll get back to you with your favorite drink, so get ready for that. Frank, Diana, you're up next, one of our, our standard, regular, frequent futurists, and this show is all about the future. So, Frank, what have you got for your top three predictions for 2020? Go ahead, please. Well, hello, Bonnie. Hi. As a... As a futurist, I'm going to focus on some broad things for the next year, starting with um, purpose and a shift from, not so much a shift, but moving more towards a purpose orientation and not strictly a profit orientation. Uh, the World Economic Forum is calling this stakeholder capitalism, which uh, is the theme of their upcoming conference in January. Uh, and the whole notion here is that businesses are not just about their shareholders, but also about their communities, their customers, their employers, uh, employees, etc. So that, that's a shift from the dominant forms of capitalism, which are share, uh, shareholder and political capitalism, to more of a stakeholder capitalism. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more of that driven by millennials and uh, activist investors, if you will. Mm-hmm. The next one is this... Um, this deep fake phenomena that we're seeing where video is being altered in ways that have people saying things they never said. Uh, and so trust in terms of what we see and read is undermined increasingly over the next year. Uh, and once we've undermined trust at a societal level, we have some, some severe problems, at least from a democracy perspective. So I think deep fakes, and I mentioned this to my audiences around the world, is probably the biggest issue I see in the next mm. two years uh, as far as its impact on society. Scary. And uh, the third one, uh, which I speak to a lot, is this evolution or emergence of ecosystems, which is fundamentally altering the uh, vertical constructs of our day, which are very industry-specific, as we know, to more of a, a horizontal set of constructs, which enable value creation and capture across industries. We're already seeing this if you think about the connected car and the smart home, who's providing value really has no regard to the industry involved. 
And so we're seeing a lot of uh, focus on these emerging ecosystems, and I really do think this is a fundamental altering of uh, a structure that's really driven us for the last 200-plus years. And I, I think the progression in 2020 in that space specifically is going to be pretty intense. So those are my three. Thank you, Frank, Diane. Always pleasure to hear from our futurist. And Ellen Sasson is with us. Ellen, we're so happy to have you. You're one of the icons to me of women in STEM, in automotive. And Ellen, we'd love to hear your prediction. So what have you got for 2020? So I just want to say that what Frank said just now is like the stuff I'm going to say, but I'm at the more granular level of like how to. So mm-hmm. first, um, I think we, we are definitely becoming a more thoughtful world because of all the availability of data and books and podcasts. And I I feel that people are getting much more sensitive and clear and and learning more each day. So that's a positive. I think we're going to see more diversity of thought, um, not through the Internet, but through through people. Because the Internet, unfortunately, the AI feeds you the stuff that you like. And I think where the diversity of thought comes in is kind of one-on-one with people in meetings and that we're going to get better at seeking out people that don't think like we do because that's mm-hmm. educational. And that's my second one. And then my third one is all of this just creates more, more opportunity and more options in everything, in careers, in the way businesses run, in the way data is manned, everything just leads to more and more opportunity. So I'm quite bullish on 2020, and I love stakeholder that the stakeholders actually do matter and people are becoming more and more aware that it's not just about profit it's about quality of life thank you ellen i have to ask you ellen i'm going to put you on the spot here any predictions about cars we're looking at automotive autonomous we look at new designs we look at so much onboard technology the big questions of privacy who owns the data in the car how soon will we be as our late great uh colleague at sap larry stoli used to say we will be the cargo as passengers in the car when the car is driving us quickly anything on automotive you want to predict ellen yeah, I predict, and, and this you got to hang with me for a second. So Nike pulled out of Amazon. They're no longer selling anything on Amazon, kind of taking back some power to the manufacturer. And I think mm. we're going to see more of that in auto. I think we're going to see less and less dependence on third parties for data and more and more ownership of that customer relationship from the manufacturer. That is my prediction in automotive. Thank you. And you're going to keep the keys to your car in 2020? You're going to give it up for a ride share, a timeshare, a subscribe share, or an autonomous? Ellen? I'm old and I love my car, so I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say I love my car. I won't go with the first one. Thank you. Let's find out what all three of my esteemed panelists on this segment are drinking on the holidays. Richard Mooney, just one drink. What what will be your special for New Year's Eve or for right around Christmas? What are you going to drink this holiday? Too much. I'm sorry. I think I broke the board. <laughs> no, nobody has ever. And too much of? Can you fill in that blank? Too much of what? Everything. Everything. Oh. Why, why like it all? You're, you're a very, very democratized drinker. Thank you. Frank Diana, a special yeah, drink exactly. in your cup for New Year's? Frank? It's going to continue to be Tawaka, my favorite Italian liqueur. There you go. Thank you. Ellen Sasson, what will you be drinking? Not while you're driving, but what will you be drinking? Ginger tea. 
It's my dream. Oh, I think you brought that to us before. I want to thank the three of you. We're going to let you go and send you all hugs and holiday wishes, as I send to all of my wonderful panelists today. We're going to take a quick break, and we have another sponsor I'm going to tell you all about. So, Ellen and Frank and Richard, thank you so much. We will talk soon in the new year. Bye-bye. Okay, Aaron, I'm going to take a quick break here and talk about one of our repeat advertisers. We're so happy to have Intuit QuickBooks with us again. Hey, let's talk about technology. You all know around the world, our listeners, tech helps us do so many amazing things. When you think about what we used to do manually, tech is there for us. And that's especially true for small business owners and their financial management. If you're still using pen and paper or, God forbid, Excel, you got to check out my wonderful sponsor, Intuit QuickBooks. Here's what QuickBooks can do for you. Number one, it's a hub for your business. Manage your entire workflow from the first estimate to the final payment using Intuit QuickBooks. Saves you time, money, and hassles because all your financial management needs are in one place. How beautiful is that? And one-stop shopping. You don't have to learn thousands of tools and brand new software. Intuit QuickBooks does it all in one place with one tool and you'll be more productive. Payday made easy. This must be maybe the best feature for all of you. Run your payroll in less than five minutes with Intuit QuickBooks Payroll. You'll love the easy setup. You can access hours and pay your employees and contractors in one place. That's a key here, in one place. Submit your payroll for the whole team up to the day before payday, and your employees can see their pay stubs anytime on the online employee portal. How beautiful is that? And technology you can trust. Trust is a key word. Rest easy knowing every paycheck is correct. Payroll tax calculations are done for you. You can file and pay your federal and state taxes yourself or QuickBooks can handle them for you. And QuickBooks offers a 100% penalty-free guarantee. What does this mean to you? They will resolve filing errors and pay any penalty fees if there are some. Here's a call to action. Intuit QuickBooks, the number one payroll provider for small businesses. Customers find an average tax savings of over $4,500 a year. That's not pocket change. To see how much money you can save and discover smarter business tools, go to intuit.me slash techrev. That's the code for the show. I-N-T-U-I-T dot M-E slash T-E-C-H-R-E-V. Thank you very much. And now we're ready for segment three. And I'll tell you who my three experts, my futurists, are going to be on this segment. We have Christina Podnar. She's a digital policy innovator and the principal of Native Trust Consulting, LLC. For over two decades, Christina has worked with some of the most high-profile companies in the world and helped them see policies as opportunities to free their organization from uncertainty, risk, and internal chaos. Joining her on this segment is Sebastian Valencia. He's a partner with Clarkson Consulting, a strategy operations and technology consulting firm. He has led initiatives for life sciences, wholesale and CPG companies in focus areas including strategic planning, innovation, organizational performance, supply chain, digital transformations, and M&A, that's mergers and acquisitions. And rounding out this segment, we are pleased to have Dr. Elizabeth Erkenbrack. She is a linguistic anthropologist, a fascinating area. She works as a senior XM scientist for Qualtrics to help companies and organizations understand and deliver exceptional experiences for their customers. Elizabeth believes in the power of using data to bring a customer voice to complex puzzles, bringing the why to the what of customer behavior. Welcome to my three panelists. Christina, three minutes. What do you predict for 2020? And welcome. Hi, Bonnie. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, Lots of great stuff happening in 2020. I'm so excited that I sort of feel we should just skip over the holidays and straight into uh, January. Um, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) You know, 
Definitely one of the things that I see happening in uh, 2020 is, you know, and this is a little bit of a no-brainer, maybe a little bit of a wish list on my part too, which is that privacy is going to continue to be at the center of everything in digital and technology. And so I know everybody's been kind of humbling and humming about GDPR in the EU these last few years. We all know that California has a stringent privacy law coming up in January. But, you know, we're going to be seeing this happening around the world, uh, places like Brazil adopting their own privacy law in uh, August of 2020. But ahead of that, we're going to be seeing a trend in the U.S. to go in the same direction. Phil's mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, Minnesota, uh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. New York, New Jersey, and mm-hmm. others um, definitely pending. Um, and they're going to be becoming laws, I think, in 2020. We're going to see stricter rules, of course, and people getting fined um, in Maine. And I think what's interesting about all of this, beyond just the fact that it's a trend around privacy, is that it's going to start to fuel other things that are helpful to you and I individually, things like highly targeted advertising, uh, things that are really permission-based but very mm-hmm. useful to us. And I think that that's going to be interesting and helpful in our everyday lives. So definitely look for that to be uh, coming up in 2020. Um, and I think that will also sort of start to fuel other areas as well, things that we've been kind of watching for the last few years, like um, passwords and privacy and security around passwords. I think passwords are going to be on their way out in 2020. Ooh. And instead, we're going to be turning to um, things like facial biometric authentication, I think, are going to become more mainstream. And like I said, we're going to uh, not just see the highly targeted advertising in 2020, but I think we're going to, believe it or not, I think finally start to see the disappearance or maybe the, the start to disappearance and a decrease of social media as we know it. Um, I think that we're going to be starting to shift away more from that you are the product world and more to a cost-based social network and the ability to move away um, from things like Facebook and onto other free platforms. So lots of changes, all fueled by privacy and security in 2020 heading our way. Thank you, Christina. Very, very interesting. I, I'm not sure if I love or hate the biometrics concept. Uh, passwords, yes, it's time for them to go bye-bye, but I don't know what the alternatives are. I still try to use my, my iPhone with face recognition, and 50% of the time it doesn't know who I am. We'll leave that one on the table. Thank you. Sebastian Valencia, we're ready for your three predictions. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Happy holidays. Thanks for having Thank me again. You. Pleasure. So uh, I think the overarching theme on, a, on an election year in 2020, there's going to be a lot of wait and see and uncertainty along with, with where's the economy going to go. I think the winners are going to be the ones that are going to have strategies that balance growth and, and investment in technology while they, they optimize and improve their current platform. So that's an overarching. My three, to be more precise, I'll start with uh, personalized medicine and technology. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for one of the industries that we cover in life sciences, for all of us as patients, I think that we've seen tremendous strides and improvement and movements towards personalized medicine. The, the future of uh, being able to collect specimens, being able to have and track uh, through the cold chain those specimens and maintain a chain of identity from the patient to the company, to the pharmaceutical company, and back to the patient is going to be critical in the success of personalized medicine. So that's that's my number one. Uh, number two, we, we talked about it last year. We talked about artificial intelligence. We've seen a lot of our clients implementing and piloting artificial intelligence use cases. What we see going into 2020 is the use of artificial intelligence as a service. So the the, the concept of not everybody's going to be able to stand up artificial intelligence platforms, and they're going to mm-hmm. use 
companies and service providers that can enable uh, AI use cases as, as a service. So we will see a big boom in 2020 in AI as, as a service. And my third one, I think you were talking about it earlier. I, I, I agree with you, Bonnie. I think we'll, at some point in the near future, we'll all be cargo in the cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I believe autonomous vehicles and the convergence with uh, 5G technologies are going to make this even a more uh, sooner reality than we thought. And, and pretty soon, from a, from a business perspective, inside the four walls, inside the complex of the business, of the clients that we serve, and then into, uh, into Main Street and into the highways, we start seeing much more autonomous vehicles that not too far from now, we're going to be questioning ourselves, what were we thinking allowing a human to drive a car? So that's coming. Those are my predictions. Um, and it'll be an exciting and, and bullish year for sure. It will. Sebastian, you giving up the keys to your car anytime soon? I asked Ellen Sess on that, our automotive expert in the last segment. Are you, are you planning to keep on driving with your own keys or go to a subscription program or go to a, or you, you basically use a car for different purposes, different cars for different uh, purposes, vacations, work, travel during the year or, or uh, just Uber it or get an autonomous vehicle? Any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, a few years back, I gave up my car. So we oh. uh, we're a, a household of one car. It's uh, and my wife uses it most of the time. With all my travel, I am a big believer of. Uh, I use Uber or or Lyft. Uh, in our neighborhood, we have something called freebies, which are energy power cars that are free that move you around. And I bought a, a, a mini scooter for my my close to home appointment. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm already in. I, you I are. It. I had no idea what I asked. I was teasing you. Let's move to our third panelist in the segment. We have, Actually, we're ahead of schedule, Dr. Elizabeth Erkenbrack at Qualtrics. Elizabeth, talk to me. What are your Hi, predictions for 2020? Go ahead. Oh, my predictions for 2020 are actually shifting us a little bit back towards the human. We've been uh, focused a lot on AI and virtual reality, machine learning, and I think those will continue to be critical technologies. It's very exciting to see the technologies that are sort of thriving and evolving, but at the same time, we're starting to get refocused on the human at the core of all these experiences and um, whether or not the AI machine learning is working for the human. Right, the chatbots, are they answering the questions or do they run out and so you end up feeling like you just texted with the chatbot and that's even more frustrating than waiting on hold? Or the biometric question of does, does the facial recognition or the thumbprint recognition work, right? Like getting mm-hmm. a little more focused on the human within these yes. ecosystems, the customers, the employees, uh, everybody that, that's sort of involved there, the stakeholders. And so I think that technology will increase in its sophistication, but we're also looking at not just is that technology efficient and cool and sophisticated, but also is it working for the person it needs to be working for? And how do we understand that? How do we understand not just the what, but what do they think about that? And with that, uh, my second prediction is that storytelling, which somebody else previously brought up as well, is going to become even more important, both in business and in the world around us. We are generally swimming in data, swimming in information. There's endless amounts of it. Some of it is 
better than other. Uh, some of it is more robust. Some of it is based in information and in data and in fact, but it's all presented as these stories. And so really to be able to combine data and storytelling is something that I predict for 2020 will become a critical skill and an emerging pattern for uh, businesses to make sure that claims and stories you hear have something to back them up. Is this, is this right? Is this based in something or is it spouting opinion as fact, but also making sure that it's not just, you know, throwing around big statistics and big words, but helping people both internal to your organization and external understand why it matters, not just that, oh, you have this score or this thing or this trend, but but here's why you should care, right? That sort of why behind it. And the storytelling piece is often considered very fluffy in the same way that humans are, and we're figuring out um, and seeing these trends in business that that's actually a really critical and robust piece of it, which builds into my third prediction, which is this intersection of data that with this this bringing in of the human and the bringing in of the storytelling that's still central to everything, companies will get very good at putting this idea of a complex human at the table with things Mm -hmm. like financial and compliance and operational data, that the human data is going to start to be able to have a conversation in really robust ways with these other pieces of data so that businesses can start to make really intelligent decisions of if you do this, how do customers feel about that? And so what are those implications on the other pieces? Not just um, what are you required to do, but what can you do because it is the best thing for your customer. And this includes things like privacy, but also are, if you're reducing your clicks, are you increasing the frustration? Right? What are you doing to um, really make sure that all these different pieces of data are, are talking to each other um, and able to say what those mutual uh, impacts really are? Thank you, Elizabeth. Those would be my quick three, question. Humanity, storytelling, and the intersection of all that complex data. I love it, but I have a quick question for you. Can you just briefly tell us what is a linguistic anthropologist for those in the audience who may not know what you do? What What is it? <laughs> oh, that's, I'm guessing most of the audience doesn't. My parents still aren't quite sure what it is that, uh, that <laughs> I do. So it. It is um, the intersection of language and culture and how our language really develops our own perception of reality. There was recently a a story on NPR that covered this in terms of perception of color and how Mm. people are able to see color differently based on the words they're given to actually describe it. And that we see in cultures around the world and the evolution of language that the color for red is always there, one, and it's always the first color to come up. There's always a, a delineation for red. And along the color spectrum, blue is always the last one. And often, and there, there are several instances in languages where there's not even a color for blue, it sort of blends into green. And in that, the um, people who speak these languages often see them as different shades of the same color, where we would see blue and green as very distinct. They see it more mm-hmm. as how we might see a navy blue and a royal blue, that they're different but not meaningfully different. And so we look at how language gives us these meaningful structures for what actually matters. And it, the color is a really clear example, but that's true for everything from time. Is time circular? Is it linear? That has a lot to do with how you learn to talk about it, relationships to people, relationships to ancestors, how it is we're supposed to relate to each other, and Thank how you, language Elizabeth. and the very structures of language really influence our, our own understanding of the world. 
fascinating, and I'm cool. glad you mentioned red. That, <laughs> that's why I have red hair and I wear red boots. I'm a drummer and I wear red <laughs> boots. And they, the first thing people see is the curly red hair and the red boots. It's like, whoa, who just walked in? That Let's find awesome. out quickly. What are my body. three? <laughs> what are my three panelists going to have for their holiday beverage? Let's get a quick drink from Christina Podnar. What's going to be in your cup, your glass, your goblet, your stein over the holidays? Oh, I'm so excited and looking forward to my almond fennel cooler. If you've never had it, it's uh, fennel, lemon, almond syrup, and uh, chilled club soda, although some people decide to also uh, add some vodka depending on how the day is going. I had a feeling. Thank you. And how they want the night to go. Sebastian Valencia, what's going to be in your holiday cup? I think you know, Bonnie. It'll be uh, (laughs) a a great cup of coffee from Pergamino. That's my, my Colombian Medellin coffee. They have a holiday blend which got a, a dulce de leche and sugar cane flavor in it. So that's my plan. I got my, my bag of coffee, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to use it through the, through the holidays. Drink up. Skull. And Dr. Elizabeth Erkenbrad, quickly, what's your beverage of choice for the holidays, Elizabeth? Goodness, Bonnie, this segment has some unusual drinks. I actually will be in <laughs> Peru with my husband's family, and we'll be drinking Peruvian hot chocolate made by my mother-in-law with actual chocolate from Peru. I'm really Oh, send me the it. recipe. Thank you. Thank you to my three panelists on this segment, Christina Podnar, Sebastian Valencia, Dr. Elizabeth Erkenbrack. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap this up with three more guests. Can't wait for their predictions, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our groundbreaking series, Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, showcases today's savvy technology visionaries and innovative companies. To get in on the edge as a guest or a charter sponsor, contact producer host Bonnie D. Graham at B-O-N-N-I-E dot D dot G-R-A-H-A-M at voiceamerica.com. That's Bonnie dot D dot Graham at voiceamerica.com. What are you waiting for? It's time for the future of now. Be there. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Technology Revolution, the future of now. If you have a question or comment about the show or an idea for a future topic, 
email bonnie.d.gram at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's B-O-N-N-I-E dot D dot G-R-A-H-A-M at voiceamerica.com. Now, back to technology revolution, the future of now. And here we are. I love that. That's my co-producer and the voice of our show, of all of our promos, Ryan Treasure, VP at World Talk Radio. This segment, I have three guests going to help me wrap this up. We're going to do some real predictions on steroids. In a moment, you'll be hearing from Wolfgang Epting. After studying economic computer science at the University of Cooperative Education, Wolfgang, Solution Advisor, Chief Expert for Platform and Database Management Central in Eastern Europe at SAP. That's a long title. Worked as a database administrator at Arberg GmbH, and then he moved to the Client Technical Professional Department of IBM in Deutschland. And we have Allison Gapter. She's the VP of Global Strategic Ecosystem Marketing for SAP, managing large tech partner relationships, including HPE, Lenovo, Dell, and Cisco. And rounding out the threesome here is Mike O'Neill, a two-times Forbes top Forbes Top 50 social media influencer and the author of Rock the World with LinkedIn. Since the earliest days of LinkedIn, Mike has been on the front lines coaching, training, and speaking on LinkedIn. And his time system for LinkedIn campaigns makes lead gen simple and data gathering automatic. Welcome, Wolfgang. I can give you exactly three minutes. Let's have your predictions, please. Yeah, so thank you, Bonnie, for having me on the show again. Um, as you might remember from um, our show that we did about monetization, I love data. The data is the foundation of any kind of technology revolution. So business value can only be generated from information, and information is based on, on data. So, um, But value can only be derived from trustworthy data. And this is why we will have to think about how to ensure this um, trust. We will need to treat data with utmost care, just as we do with any other asset and uh, investment. So we as humans, I think we have to learn to deal with the increasing flood of information more quickly. And we have to develop properties with which we can intuitively distinguish good from bad and true from false data. Think about um, the new generation. They will do things differently, and um, this is their good right Generation XYZ and think about the way how these young people use technology and how they consume data and um, information. Second, so I think human information is self-determination. We had this um, before. This um, will increase because we will start to recognize the value of our data and we will be much more precise and specific in our decisions about who is allowed to deal with our data in, in, mm -hmm. in what way. So legal frameworks and regulations um, like GDPR, the California Consumer Privacy Act, I think this is just the beginning and um, because they enshrine a fundamental human right and um, humanity has shown in other situations in the past that we are able to impose framework condition in order to secure this fundamental right. So this does not mean that it will not be an ongoing struggle to defend against attackers, but it means that we can make use of the data and only then we can generate value out of it. Third, I think what can be digitized will be digitized, but this has nothing to do with the technology revolution. So I think organizations will have to develop new business models on their own and with their own creativity and only then they will stay in the market and in the business. So technology can only support and accelerate but never replace a business-driven digitized 
digitization, digitization strategy. And um, with that also, of course, um, aligned um, data strategies. So for 2020, I think everything is um, data. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, Wolfgang. Allison, we're running tight. Two and a half minutes. Sorry to crunch you, but go ahead. Hey, no problem. So all Thank of mine you. are really around uh, marketing technology and trends. Um, the first being personalization. I think it's going to continue to be an imperative to winning new customers. We saw a lot of activity in 2019 around account-based marketing. I think that's going to continue to grow mm-hmm. along with things like fully personalized websites, so an evolution to profile-driven content to being fully and completely personalized. Um, Uses of geo-targeting and other digital marketing technologies are going to rise up to serve that need. It's for this reason, too, I I really think that in-person events will continue to thrive in 2020 because where else and how else can you really have that one-to-one connection other than Mm -hmm. face-to-face? My second one is around influencer marketing. Um, It's Influencer has been one of the fastest growing channels for customer acquisition, and I think this is going to continue to be a prolific way to acquire net new names. Um, A couple of people have mentioned storytelling earlier in the program. I think that's Mm -hmm. going to play right into the influencer piece because if you're going to influence, you've got to be able to tell a strong story. But I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a twist on this with community-driven selling, meaning leveraging your community of users to influence your prospective customers. I think you'll also see more technology become available to help drive this, you know, human-to-human type of Mm -hmm. influence. And I think you'll start to see more key brands begin to take a more active role in managing this type of community influence. And then lastly, because people will be influencing one another, I definitely see more and more uh, marketing type of content being created by the user versus the marketing department. So marketers are going to need to become more savvy in terms of adopting user-generated content. So Thank you, Allison. I think that was under two and a half. <laughs> yeah, you're perfect. We have two minutes left for Mike O'Neill. Mike, steroids, predictions, go. It's all yours. All right, I'm going to go kind of fast. I'm rather prepared here. So you hear a lot about live streaming. You see it now on LinkedIn. It's been on Facebook, live streaming. Hey, that's not new. What is new is the whole industry that's going to come up around it. Mm. There's going to be new hardware and software and services and people. There might be a program at a college somewhere on live streaming. It's not just going to be something cool anymore. It's going to go really mainstream Hmm. with its own support system and all that. What do you think about that, Bonnie? I think that's exciting. What's your number two prediction? Number two, I think that the, the combination of LinkedIn and Skype and Microsoft might come full circle. So we see hmm. some sort of a communication on LinkedIn, desktop to desktop, one-to-many, just that technology will somehow make its way because they're doing all kinds of other stuff with video and stuff. Why not? They own Skype. You know, why not bring those two, you know, six billion over here, 26 billion here, put them together, come up with something new. Um, I, I think we're going to see social breakups, especially after the election. We're going to see some of the big companies shedding some of their, their holdings. Like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Facebook lose Instagram and WhatsApp. Google could, um, I'm going out on a stretch here, okay? But Google could lose YouTube or Android in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we might see a major hack on, a, on somebody that we know, like, and trust a whole lot. And that might be uh, Google or Apple or even LinkedIn. You know, someone that we really know, like, care a lot about. And guess what? The uh, 
<laughs> yes, we, we, we trusted them, and look what happened. Anyway, um, what and happened. The, the last thing is, I <clears throat> the last thing I got to say in two minutes is, I think we're going to start to see the merging of CRM systems with LinkedIn. That's what I'm focusing a lot of my activities on, and I think that we're going to maybe see some some breaking of the ceiling there. There's two minutes for you. Thank you, Mike. You're a dear. I have to thank my co-producer, Ryan Treasure at Voice America, and my nerves of steel engineer, the one and only Aaron Keller at Voice America. Remember, everybody, go to storyworth.com slash revolution for $20 off on your first StoryWorth gift to your family at the holidays. And QuickBooks, the number one payroll provider for small businesses. You can save up to $4,500 a year on average tax savings. That's intuit.me slash techrev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V, I-N-T-U-I-T dot M-S-E slash TechRev. Remember, everyone, the future of now hasn't happened yet. Do your part to make it a great one. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. First part of our five-week special. We'll be back next week, December 11th at 11 a.m. here on the Business Channel with another 12 predictors, my futurists, my favorite people. Happy holidays. Drink up. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 